The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the programme. Well, what are you reading at the moment? I'm stuck into Tyg Coakley's new book called Whatever It Takes. And it's brilliant. It's also the book chosen for One City, One Book this year. But when I interviewed him about it during the week, I was trying to ask questions that wouldn't be spoilers for you listening if you haven't started it or for me because I haven't finished it yet. The book actually begins with the main character, Cork Detective Garda Tim Collins. And it immerses us not just in the murkiness of the dark side of the city but in the upheaval of his life too. Tyke, it's really lovely to talking to you and like today as we're recording it's a real autumn day I'm looking out the window, the leaves are changing colour, the wind is blowing, there's a bit of drizzle in the air and it's so tempting to just light the fire and sit down with a book for the evening and those are the days that are drawing into us now and gosh especially if we're told to stay at home and you just happened to kind of make a little offhand comment there that never dawned on me that bookshops maybe forced to close if things are escalated any further, which would be a disaster. It really would, Anne-Marie. First of all, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, it would because we really need, and we know it from the first lockdown last March, we need our books, we need our music, we need our film and our theatre and everything else. So, And, you know, a bookshop is such a wonderful place because you don't know what you're going to get, what you're going to walk out of. Uh, what kind of adventure you're going to go on or what kind of travel you're going to go on. So it really would be a pity. So fingers crossed that we'll, we'll all see the back of COVID before too long. Well, we should put it down now that this is the, the call in the campaign that bookshops are part of the essential supplies. Forget the hard stores with their paint and their home decor. <laughs> What we want are our bookshops. We will survive without paint, but we can't survive without our books and our stories. And especially if we're going to go into a serious lockdown, we need our books and our adventures and our thrillers and all sorts of books. Yeah. Well, I suppose we need our libraries as well. And that's one of the reasons we're talking, of course, is not just because of the book itself, but because the book, whatever it takes, has been chosen as the One City, One Book by Cork City Library this year. And that's a fantastic thing, isn't it? to try and galvanise a whole population together to share in the same adventure. It's a wonderful initiative, Anne-Marie, and I'm really thrilled that Whatever It Takes was chosen by Cork City Libraries this, this year. A big thank you to them. And, you know, reading is such an important thing as we've been talking about, and that the idea that a book could galvanise a community and we could have a, one big citywide um, virtual uh, book club uh, talking about the same mm. book and reading the same book it's very exciting and I'm really really thrilled Well especially with the character and the setting that you've given it because with the nature obviously of One City One Book at the moment we've had a tendency to sort of really immerse ourselves in a familiar landscape and from the opening pages we are there on the banks of the River Lee with the protagonist of your book we are, Tim Collins, we are indeed literally on, on the banks of the River Lee because he lives on Lavitsky actually and he's kind of looking up over uh, on to the north side of the city and he's a former hurler, he played with Napier Sheik in a, in a former existence as well. So, And the, the book is very much rooted in the city. When I started writing the book about five years ago, I really wanted an authentic feel of Cork in a crime book. That's what I was aiming for and an authentic kind of Cork character as well. So I really uh, hope that those two things come across in the book. Well, they do. And I mean, like that connection to the GAA is actually important. I mean, like here he is, he's a Garda detective and we are immersed immediately within the first kind of couple of pages, not only in the cases that are presenting in front of him, but we already know there's cases that haunt him. 
and that a GAA background also haunts him. That is brought, like, not necessarily something just to be celebrated. That's all brought to bear in the first couple of pages, never mind the first chapter. And it's amazing, isn't it, how all of those things in his backstory that you can kind of conjure them in a line or two or in a passing mention or two, but they really have an impact on him and how he's handling his life, how he handles his work, how he handles his relationships and have a bearing on the story. It really does. And, you know, I wanted the character, Collins, I wanted him in some way to be an insider and there's no better way to be an insider to, uh, to be part of a GA club or to be involved in any sport, really. It's a great community thing, sport. But also I wanted him to be a little bit of an outsider mm even though he's part of a big garbage station and he depends a lot on his colleagues and he, overall he has a good relationship with his colleagues. To, to have a character stand out in a book, especially in a crime novel, he has to be a certain amount of a loner or to be estranged as well because there comes a time in, a, in any kind of good crime novel that teamwork is obviously very important, but somebody at some time has to stick their head up and say, well, I'm going to go the extra mile here. And uh, yeah, in this case, it is Collins. You, you mentioned there about being a team player. And obviously, you'd imagine that all the members of the, the force in the Gardaí would be, you know, team players. But it's the same with anything in any sort of workplace, isn't it? If there is a, a sense or a moment or an incident of betrayal or disconnection where you feel unsure of yourself or you feel unsure of those on whom you should be able to depend and should be able to, to trust. And that completely changes then your approach to things because like the cover screams a poisoning, a kidnapping, a vendetta, and yet it's far from a Garda cop buddy story that you've written. He really is a loner. He is, and uh, circumstances happen. He, he comes across some information which means uh, that he can't really share some of the uh, insights that he's getting with his colleagues uh, because he, do he doesn't know if he can trust all his colleagues. And that makes him more isolated as well, which means that he has to go even further than in whatever he has to do, whatever it takes for him to solve a particular case and for him to... So he's at, he's at war, basically, with a leading criminal. And, you know, if he can't depend on all his colleagues to back him up or to to give information back to that criminal, he kind of is is alone in a certain extent. And then that means he has to act in a way, in a more extreme way. Oh, yeah. The enemy is known. I mean, the enemy is in plain daylight nearly, but it's the path to him is is so obscure and so deftly, deftly crafted. Like you even mention um, and, and give a reference almost to PDST in the very, very opening section of the story as well. And like I imagine there's an awful lot of back work and uh, craft has gone into this story. I mean, you said you, you began writing it five years ago. I did, Emery, and it's also part of a series. So I'm hoping to have a sequel coming out next year. The provisional title of that is Everything He's Got. Mm. And I'm, I'm also working on a prequel because, as you say, at the beginning of this, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. He's coming back from a previous case, a very, very tough case. And uh, that third book, I hope, in the series will be a prequel and it will outline that. And it will go back as well to his childhood, his relationship with his father, because one of the things that I have found that I've been reading crime uh, fiction all my life is that it's not a whodunit. We don't really care in some cases who really did it. We want to know what's going to happen to this character. We become invested in this character, in his relationships, 
And that's really what we want to see is what, how is the character going to change rather than did, did A person do it or B person do it, really. That's the investment that we make in these kind of books, I think, anyway. It's motivation and suspense, isn't it? You know, and it's, it's filled with it. It is, and it's tension as well, because, yes. you know, the, the book is in four sections, and there's a kind of dramatic end to each of the four sections, but it's the build-up to that. Uh, you know, there's something happened in part one, for example, that the reader knows what's going to happen, but Collins doesn't. So this creates a tension in the reader, which is exactly what we want, and then there's a release of that when the dramatic ending or whatever happens uh, like that but it's the tension and the build-up and the suspense really uh, that that i think readers want and that they enjoy in a strange way you wouldn't think we would enjoy tension but we oh do well god yeah <laughs> yeah it's just it's the escape oh and my god like do we need that right now and like it's funny i've been chatting to you and i've been super super careful about the kind of questions i'm asking you because a I hate having books spoiled for me, but also I'm not finished and I'm petrified of asking you anything that would <laughs> spoil where well, I'm going. Worry, I, won't, I won't give anything away. I hope not anywhere, really. No, it is, we do need this. And we're very lucky at the moment that we have a lot of great crime writing happening in Cork. You know, we have Kevin yes. Doyle's books, Catherine Carolyn, Louise O'Neill has a new book out now, which is set in West Cork, and it's a thriller, it's a kind of a dramatic book as well, a brilliant book. You know, it does make a difference, I think, when we know the scenes, when we know the locations, and we say, God, I know that place, that quay, or that street, or the coal quay, or the English market so well. It's a nice feeling for Cork people to see books set in their own city too, I think. Oh, it is, and it's so cinematic. I mean, like, this book is already, you know, screaming for a, a film series. Uh, it's it's so beautifully done, brilliantly, brilliantly drawn. And I think fantastic initiative in the One City, One Book drive as well from the City Library. And if anything, if our even if our bookshops are forced to close down. The fact that Cork City Library is available online is a tremendous thing for people. You worked there. I did, I did. As a librarian I did, yourself. I did long, many years ago indeed and you know I remember very much walking in there how a lot of people who could be isolated and who were very isolated now, older people and so on. I walked up in St Mary's Road for example and people would come in and one woman used to come in and she'd say Tiger what two detectives, two cowboys and two romance for herself <laughs> and her husband and that kept them going every week so yeah. she would read the two romance he'd read the two cowboys and the two of them would read the two thrillers so and you know the library is still open you can click and collect you can order your books and go and collect them and everything and what a great service it is and for free as well it's mm. unbelievable really we're very lucky with our libraries in Ireland and in Cork especially Thank you. I wish you continued success with this book whatever it takes is what it's called people should definitely make sure they get it now before the bookshops are forced to close if indeed that is uh, in store for us but I can't think of anything better on a wild winter's night than the uh, the fire lighting, the tea on the boil and immersing yourselves in a crime thriller around the streets of Cork City. Fantastic stuff. It's been lovely talking to you. Thanks very much, Anne-Marie. And of course, there's plenty of copies in the library as well if you want to, to borrow them too. They're, they've been very supportive. And thanks a million to you.
Now, sacrilege there. Of course, you wouldn't have the tea in the boil. You'd have the kettle on the boil for the tea, naturally. But uh, as Thaig mentioned there, you can get your hands on the book in a number of ways. The book is called Whatever It Takes. And you can buy it, of course, in your local bookshop. You can borrow it in the library. You can order it from the library and do click and collect. And you can also join the library and read books online. And that's a free service as well to join. It's going to be a lifesaver during the winter. So check it out if you read your book on a Kindle or an iPad or an e-reader or whatever. So for a little taster of the book, I made Connor record a clip yesterday. He placed the glass and bottle on the small table, moved away from the window and paused the music on his phone. The sudden silence was grating, putting him on edge. He picked up the binoculars from the low bookshelf and standing as far back as possible from the window, he focused them on the van. The tiny but unmistakable glow of a cigarette being pulled upon shone and faded. He noted the registration number and called the station. Mick, Collins here, he said. Detective Collins, Sergeant McMurphy said, with clipped asperity, his voice as tight as a new rope. They went back a long way and the road had been rocky. Collins pictured his thin lips pursed in disapproval. Mick, can you run a number for me, please? A four transit van, white, maybe cream... 02C97412. It's parked across from me on Pope's Key. Right, I'll call you back, Mick said. Thanks. He put the binoculars to his eyes again and waited for the call. The phone rang. Collins, he answered. It belongs to a garage off Blackwater Road. Shawnee McDonough runs it. Remember him? We got him for procuring a few years ago. Collins winced. He tried to think. He watched the van. It seemed so innocuous. Is there a problem, Collins? Mick said. I'm not sure, he said. There's somebody inside it. Yeah, I remember him all right. Thanks, Mick. Are the traffic cameras live in Christie Ring Bridge? The one facing west? Down Pulse Key? I think so. We didn't hear of any problems. Good, thanks. I'm coming into the station to have a look. Will you send a car around, please? It's probably nothing, but still... Uh... Collins hung up. Shawnee McDonough. Not good. He glanced at the beer on the table. He knew he had to check the video immediately, or it would eat at him through the night. Whatever it takes by Ty Coakley is on sale now. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do.